This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm James Seal and I'm joined today by James Forsyth and Katie Balls to discuss the current leadership crisis within the Conservative Party. James, this morning we've seen an interesting sort of development from Ben Wallace, who seemed to suggest he was leaning towards backing Boris Johnson. Can you talk us through that? So Ben Wallace's defence actually very popular with Tory grassroots. Every time there is a Tory leadership contest, there is speculation about whether he will run or not. Today he has come out and said he's not running but he's leaning towards Boris Johnson on the basis that Boris Johnson agrees with him on defence, has a mandate from the whole country within the 2019 general election. But Ben Wallace says, you know, that the Privileges Committee investigation will be a problem. And he also says that, you know, he's looking forward to hearing what what Rishi Sunak says on defence. And I think what is quite clear is that this is all part of the Ben Wallace defence spending guarantee campaign that we saw kind of last weekend when there was talk that Liz Truss might abandon it. It became quite clear from that Ben Wallace was, was not happy about that. And Ben Wallace, is he wants two things. He wants 3% by 2030. He also wants what he calls this staging post, which is that you get to kind of 2.5% by 2025, 2026. So I think that you see Ben Wallace, who is a, is a very canny politician, out today basically looking like he's backing Boris Johnson, but not shutting the door and basically saying, it's defence spending that I need to hear about. And of course, during the last leadership race as well, he was quite critical of Rishi Sunak, wasn't he, in saying that, suggesting that some of those vital defence funds were withheld. Of the two departments in Whitehall that have the tensest institutional relationship, I mean, the Treasury and the MOD probably take the prize. I think there is a, there, I think there is a question now about where do you go in the last leadership contest, which you know, since they have known for years, always used to say that he committed to the NATO 2%, and then, but then said, you know, on top of that, that should be a threat-based assessment. But I also think it is quite clear at the moment that the threat is more sizable than it was previously, in that you, 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 you obviously have a situation in Ukraine, and then you have Anthony Blinken, the US Secretary of State, warning that China might, for example, try and take Taiwan on an accelerated timeline. So I, I think you wait to see kind of where where things fall there. I think the interesting other obviously the Ben Wallace thing takes us on to the other question of the moment, which uh, I was just looking at Katie as I said, which is you know, can Boris Johnson make it to these hundred nominations? How are Boris Johnson's chances shaping up then, Katie? So I think that he's building momentum. We don't yet have a confirmation that Boris Johnson plans to do this, but clearly his team and Boris Johnson himself are testing the waters to see if he were to declare, and you would imagine it would be in a moment on, you know, big newspaper intervention over the weekend if he does so. Is he then guaranteed to do that? I think we're talking about someone who only wants to go for this if they are definitely going to win. They don't want to be someone who is then embarrassed or humiliated by being knocked out or rejected. And I think there's a sense of the party has to come to that person and say, we've made a mistake, we want you back. I think even if that situation comes to pass, will he definitely go for it? This isn't 
a particularly inviting time to be Prime Minister for Boris Johnson. The cakeism that he loves to talk about, there's very limited room for manoeuvre. So I think there is a question as to will he really go for it? But I think the chances of Boris Johnson, uh, which I think would have sounded perhaps unrealistic about a month ago, being Prime Minister again, are going up. And you just need to do you know, a bit of math on this. Um, I was just doing Politics Live and Paul Bristow was on the panel. He is one of the Tory MPs who's out there actively calling for Boris Johnson to come back. He says that, you know, it's what his members want. He says that Boris Johnson has the mandate. I do think one of the arguments that's helping Boris Johnson is Tory MPs really want to avoid an early election. And if you're looking at how would you get to an early election? Of course, Tory MPs would have to vote for one. And that seems quite unlikely right now, given the polling. But how long can you put one off? And does the public mood turn to such a degree that Labour continually calling for and just means that it, it starts to happen and a Parliament breaks down and so forth? And the argument you hear in favour of Boris Johnson is, well, he actually has a mandate. He was he won, he won that election. Lots of factors played, but he won it. So that is the easiest way to answer that. The flip side is you have Roger Gale today. I don't think Roger Gale is a bellwether MP. (laughs) And that is someone who tends to take the more extreme positions, but saying that he would resign the whip if Boris Johnson becomes Prime Minister. And I'm starting to see the route to Boris Johnson getting 100 MPs backing him. And I think as soon as you get to that point, I think the 1922 rules seem to be designed to make it hard for Boris Johnson in the sense that you have to have 100 MPs and you have to get them very quickly by Monday. But you're starting to see a path to getting 100 MPs. Then it goes to the membership, and then it seems as though it would be very high chance to be Boris Johnson. But there are so many MPs who would be completely appalled if Boris Johnson returned, and who are in the Tory party, not just in Labour. And therefore, how would Boris Johnson govern? I think that's why some of Boris Johnson's supporters, so this MP was doing it on the show, but we've heard elsewhere, saying, you've got to get Rishi back to... Rishi Sunak needs a job and Boris Johnson's cabinet. We need to get the band back together. Is that really feasible? I struggle to imagine a scenario where Rishi Sunak would want to serve in Boris Johnson's cabinet, particularly after you think all the all the briefings, all the bad blood, all, all the things that have happened. So if Boris Johnson were to return, I think it gets very messy. I think every candidate is messy, to be fair, with this party. We'll be doing a Saturday show. It's all about that, if you listen tomorrow. So it's very messy in that sense. But will the party do it? I think a lot of MPs are just feeling quite hopeless right now. And in the past, they've always thought, you know, when there's been a crisis, a crisis that Boris Johnson hasn't personally caused, they often think, call for Boris Johnson. You think about when he took over from Theresa May, turned those polls around. And I think that's making some MPs think that. And if over the weekend you have big paper endorsements coming out for Boris Johnson, you can start to see MPs more in the middle of the party thinking, maybe let's do this. And... It is plausible that Boris Johnson returns. The Bobby Ewing in the shower in Dallas scenario. I, I mean, there are two... two I, 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 we haven't even spoken about Privileges Committee. Indeed. I'll just add two things to what Katie so eloquently just said. One is the Boris Johnson campaign. I think Boris Johnson himself has not yet made his decision on what to do. But his backers are very keen to get a sense of inevitability building. They are they are trying to get a sense that the train is leaving the station. You know, so get on, don't worry about, as Katie was just saying, don't worry about the Privileges Committee, got to get on the train now, it's going. Because I think they think that the route to 100 involves adding some kind of 
more careerist minded MPs to to the kind of classic Boris backers. That is how you hit three figures. I mean, there is also something else which is interesting, which possibly touched on on Saturday shots, which is all this talk of getting the band back together. Mm. I, I think actually also suggests that the Tory party might might be prepared to to walk away from the abyss because it is a kind of recognition that people are going to need to reconcile with each other if things are going to function and work. And then, but then I think I think the, the other challenge though for Boris Johnson, which is. I mean, there are two times. Do, do you think Rishi Sunak would serve in Boris Johnson's cabinet? I mean, I, 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 I would. I mean, it is an interesting question, right? Which is, they obviously had differences over economic policy, and so I think it would depend on what the economic policy of that government was going to be. And I think one of the challenges for Boris Johnson, you were talking about a crisis, right? Which is this crisis is very different from the 2019 crisis that the that, that Tory MPs used Boris Johnson to blast through because that was a people versus parliament can you get Brexit through this is an economic crisis where the cost of government borrowing is a huge question about how big the fiscal black hole is and, and the economist Simon French is an interesting point that there appears to be a dullness premium and one should be wary about linking political events to developments in the gilt market too much but it is noticeable this morning that as the prospect of Boris Johnson getting 100 MPs has become clearer UK borrowing costs are rising. Now, other countries' borrowing costs are rising at the moment too, but are rising more rapidly today. And I think this suggests that the market look at Boris Johnson and they think, hang on a second, this is not a moment for... Like, the, the markets have taken away the cake, right? And so if someone came in, I think we saw this with Liz Trust, if someone comes in basically saying, not being clear about how they're going to pay for things, then I think the markets will uh, increase your borrowing costs, which, which has the consequence of the black hole in your public finance is getting larger. So you actually need to take more unpalatable measures than you would if you were a slightly more duller Jeremy Hunt style figure. You mentioned all this talk about getting the band back together and how a lot of Boris Johnson's allies are trying to bring Rishi Sunak on board with a give off for a job, much more conciliatory tone, it seems, than July, when there was a real sense of anger and betrayal, lots of briefings going around Rishi Sunak. Do you think some of that anger towards him, towards Rishi Sunak, has, has dissipated in recent months as it's become clear what a disaster the Trust government's been? I think it is more a realisation that, that you have to have, a, that you have to show how you would govern and you have to show... The challenge, in a way, for all the candidates in this contest is to show how they could bring the party together because you can't have a situation... You know, the, the Tories have a majority of 70-odd uh, now, right? And I think that one of the things that the, 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 the Barclay of Wednesday night showed is if you are losing the support of Tory MPs, you end up with chaos. Yeah. And so I think whoever wins will have to go out of their way to try and say, look, here, are, here is how we can pull people back together and here's how we can work together. Just fine. I mean, Katie, you mentioned in your blog yesterday, you talked about one MP saying that it was going to be a Rishi Boris death match as a kind of prospectus of that. We talked a lot about Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson. Is there space for a third candidate? Is there someone like Penny Morden who's getting some names? I think at the moment, Penny Morden is just not winning enough MPs for at least public declaring in the way that you would need to to be hitting 100 on Monday. Now, I think that it's one to watch over the weekend. She, she obviously has some support. I think it's just because she is further behind as though she's being squeezed out of the conversations which is never where you want to be when you're trying to convince ambitious MPs to get behind you and 
Therefore, could Penny Mordaunt be the next Prime Minister? It looks unlikely right now, but she could also still play a key role in this. I mean, Fraser's written a blog on Coffee House today about how he thinks that she could be the kingmaker. There's also some saying, oh, well, maybe Rishi Sunak could give her some of his MPs to so that they push Boris Johnson out. I think this is when you get a little bit too clever by half. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Rishi mainly is currently at the point where they would have have the numbers to do that. But that's again, see over the weekend. You could also have a situation where Penny Morden comes out and actually gets behind a candidate. We haven't. We are still in a position where we have not heard from Penny Morden, Rishi Sunak. Or Boris Johnson. It's currently a candidate with a race with no candidates, yeah. right? Not a single one has given a public word saying they plan to run. It's it's a very strange scenario in some ways. It means that although within and we're talking on a Friday, so you know, by Monday we'll at very least know the final two. We may even have a prime minister, but right now no one has declared. And I would just say finally, just on, on Boris Johnson, the Privileges Committee is something to watch here, which is as James says, Boris Johnson's supporters have almost I think there is a, an element of the past few weeks have been so difficult. When we had Boris Johnson, we weren't so far behind the polls. It does, of course, ignore the fact there were successive by-elections, historic you know, losses in terms of overturned. But also it misses the fact that there is an uh, investigation into Boris Johnson whether he misled Parliament on Partygate. And I know Boris Johnson's supporters will say, well, parties are nothing over, you know, compared to the crisis we're currently in. But regardless of what you think about the birthday cake and the more serious Partygate allegations, you have a situation where MPs will be taking evidence, they'll be asking Boris Johnson to give evidence. If the committee finds that he did mislead Parliament, you could see Boris Johnson disciplined and potentially suspended. If he's suspended for 10 sitting days of Parliament or more, at that point you could pave the way to a by-election and Boris Johnson's seat doesn't look particularly safe right now. So it is something MPs have to consider. And for Boris Johnson to avoid that fate, he could try and disband the investigation, or he could try and get Tory MPs to vote against the punishment if there was one. Owen Paterson. We had a botched attempt there to ditch a suspension attempt. It didn't work. Caused big problems. I think the idea of getting this Tory party of all of its critics of Boris Johnson and many see what's happened over the past few weeks still as something to be blamed on Boris Johnson for getting to a position where they had to get a new leader them actually voting for something like that. So it means quite early on if Boris Johnson does return there'll be questions about how long he lasts. Perhaps we can get to four leaders by the end of the year. That's something to look forward to. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening too.